As I told you this morning at the start of our service, it's Good Shepherd Sunday. And we love to hear about Jesus, our gentle, caring shepherd. But if he's my shepherd, then I must be his sheep. Have you ever thought of what we're admitting about ourselves today? I know you're not here in church, but I want you to finish this sentence for me. Strong as a, and if you said ox, you're correct. Graceful, grateful, or graceful, excuse me, as a swan. If you said that, you're correct. Ferocious as a, and if you said lion, you're correct. Blank as a sheep. You might say dumb, helpless, weak. And when it comes to wandering and lost sheep, they usually end up in one word dead. Life for sheep can be dangerous. It can be difficult and short. But there are those who want to lead those sheep astray, steal them, and even kill them. Sheep must find pasture or they'll die. But for the sheep of the good shepherd, life is good. Indeed, under the care of that shepherd, they will experience life to the full, abundant life, life now and life forever. If you know anything about sheep, sheep face physical dangers on a daily basis. Thieves and robbers don't use the gate as was pictured in our gospel lesson today but they reach the sheep by some other way, as verse, seven, verse 1 indicated. Now, to give you a picture about it, during biblical times, sheep were kept in a corral. Of course, we say out west, a corral is for horses or for, for uh, steers or whatever. But it was like a stone fence on all sides. And there was only one narrow gate in that corral, so the shepherd may, uh, and the sheep may enter or exit. Now, naturally, of course, the robber would not use that gate. He might get caught. But he would have to climb over that fence or over that rock for one way or another and take a sheep one by one. Now, Christian sheep also face spiritual dangers all around. There are those who tell them that they can get to heaven without going through that true door, Jesus. And Jesus tells us in our text for this morning, in verse 7, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And in verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate, and whoever enters through that through me will be saved. He will come in, he will go out, and he will find pasture. Now, of course, some people think there are many roads that you can uh, use to get to heaven. It doesn't make any difference what you believe as long as you're sincere about it. 
Some feel that they can be saved by being good or doing good works, but we know that's not true. Because St. Paul makes it very clear in his uh, epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 2, 8, and 9. For grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or Jesus says, I am the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And there are many strange, misleading voices that would draw us away from Christ. First of all, that one voice is the devil. The devil was working hard even through the beginning of time when he came to Adam and Eve in that garden and asked Eve, did God really say that you must not eat from the tree of the gar- in the garden? And through his crafty conversation with Eve, The devil got her to feel that God was holding out on her and her husband by telling them that they shouldn't eat from this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the devil convinced them that that, that not to believe God's command. And if they ate of the tree, they would be truly wise, knowing good and evil. And from that moment on, Adam and Eve's disobedience has been, had a damning effect on all of mankind. Secondly, there's the voice of the world. The writer to the Proverbs warns, my brothers or my son, if sinners entice thee, do not give in to them. How often has the world and its attitude made us feel that being a Christian, we're just not with it? that we're behind the times, that we're foolish in listening to the commands of a God that you can't see. Or the things of the world, the standards that we are set by the world are so enticing that we want to place our eternal security on it rather than so that we can have a piece of the action. Thirdly, we can listen to our own flesh who tries to get us to that own that wrong path. In James chapter 1, 14, we read, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Because the sin of our per- first parents, Adam and Eve, we were born, and all of the people born of their of their mothers were born with original sin. Our own sinful flesh tries to get us to to do what is wrong and sinful. Or there's alien voices, materialism, secularism, humanism, hedonism, and so on. Or today's Pharisees, the legalists, or the Sadducees, the modernists, all try to travel down that path that leads to destruction. And there are people and pressures that try to keep us away from the security of God's sheep pen, the church, and away from the green pastures of the means of grace. Too often, sadly, today in a church, many parents are are not faithful in making sure that their children are being led to that green pastures of his word. Other things that society offers are more important than making sure their children's faith 
is growing. We have sporting events on Sunday that has taken the place of worship and Sunday school for our kids. The work of the shepherd, though, is to care for and to protect his sheep. He enters by the gate and the door and is recognized as legitimate. Jesus tells us this morning in verses 1 to 3 of our text, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He brings his sheep out, calling them by name, leading them to the place of good pasture. He knows each one of them because they are his. He knows them and wants to do what is best for them. And that good shepherd is that, and he's much more. He's the gate, the door himself, the one and only way to the Father. When Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going away for a while, Thomas replied, we don't know where you are going, so how do we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus knows each one of us intimately by name. He has called each and every one of us through our baptism. Our names are written in his nail-scarred hands, and our names are also written in the book of life. He knows each and every one of us in a very intimate way. There are no generalities for, with God. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows when you're happy. He knows when you're sad. He knows when you're facing problems. And many of us are facing problems today because of the virus that's going around. And all of us can have a story to tell. But yet Jesus is there with us, and he knows what, what is going on. And Jesus also feeds his, feet, his sheep in the pasture of his word and sacraments. He has given us his word to read and to study each and every day. He gives us the opportunity to come and to feed on that rich, on that rich word each and every Sunday, although for the last few Sundays we have not had that opportunity. And perhaps we have taken that opportunity for granted and, oh, how we can't wait till the time when we can worship together as God's people in his church. Because he wants us to grow in Christian love and faith in him. He wants to do what is very best for us. Ultimately, what makes him the good shepherd par excellence is that he went before us, even, before de even unto death, to lay down his life for the sheep, that lamb that was slain is also that great shepherd of the sheep. Sheep who hear or who experience life under the shepherds, of course, have, have these traits. First of all, they listen. They listen to that true voice of the shepherd, and if they don't recognize him, they know a voice of a stranger, they do not follow him but they follow their shepherd in and out of the sheep pen 
in the place so they go to pasture. Sheep of the good shepherd experience life, not just existence, under a loving, sacrificial care of their shepherd. They have abundant life, life that is full, life that is eternal. They attentively listen to the shepherd as he speaks to them in his word, both law and gospel, through the sermons that you hear right now or the, through Bible study or devotion. That distinct, and we can then distinguish the true teachers and the teachers from false doctrines and misleading ones. They follow the, the shepherds wherever, they, wherever he leads them, chiefly through the green pasture of his word. Being a sheep of the good shepherd is not bad after all. Who would want to experience such love, such caring, such self-sacrifice? This is a, a, the best kind of life a life that he lived in that security and freedom, life that it has a purpose and a goal, life with a capital L to the fullest. Of all the professional sports teams, named, there are many named from animals, or, and it's not an accident that none has been named sheep. You hear about the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Tigers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chicago Bears, but you would never hear it said, have you ever heard of the Miami sheep? The reasons are obvious. Oriental shepherds had distinct calls as well as pet names for their each and every sheep by which the sheep recognized from the true shepherd. Have you considered your pet name that your shepherd has for you? Is it wayward? Is it lazy bones? Is it rebel? Or is it true blue, earnest, fervent, loyal, faithful? Amen.